Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. We have always looked to the stars to discover who we are. For over half a century and across five generations, young and old, Star Trek has inspired us with its vision of the future. Let's see what's out there. Today, that future is here. An entire universe of Star Trek is streamed right to your screen on Paramount+. Plus. And in just three years, the Star Trek universe has expanded at warp speed, starting with Discovery, which brought the look and feel of our Star Trek movies to television. Let's show them who we are. We took another leap forward with the return of Picard, Trek's first true adult drama. Brace yourselves! And we crossed into a new frontier of teenage comedy with the animated Lower Decks. Plus, two more Star Trek adventures are on the horizon. Let us begin. Strange New Worlds, the adventures of Captain Pike, Number One, and Lieutenant Commander Spock as they embark on the maiden voyages of the Enterprise. Headed. Followed by Star Trek Prodigy, the first animated Trek show for children. Each of these shows features eye-popping, big-screen visuals with characters who reflect the best in all of us and are available anytime, inviting our audience to experience what's truly special about Star Trek. Adventure, exploration, friendship, and family, and the belief that we can set aside our differences to create a brighter future of inclusion and optimism. Let's fly. There's just some weeks that there isn't a whole lot of Star Trek news going on, and then there's other weeks there is a lot going on, and this is somewhere in between. I'm going to favor a little more on the a lot more going on side of things on this. So welcome everyone to Positively Trek. I'm Bruce Gibson, and with me, as he always is, Dan Gunther. Dan, how you doing? Hey, Bruce, doing great. I, I always love when there's new Star Trek stuff to talk about, and there's a lot this week, so... I'm really, really happy to be here and happy to talk about all of this new Star Trek stuff. <laughs> I know. How exciting that we're going to talk through a first look at Star Trek Prodigy. We're going to talk about the new series, Section 31. We have just a little bit of information on that. We also have a glimpse at a new Star Trek Picard novel. And we have an audiobook coming from Nicholas Meyer, director of Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan, that we'll briefly touch at the end of the show. But before we do that, let's talk about Prodigy. Now, we did on the last show this whole discussion about this investor's call with CBS. And we're like, all these predictions of what we think they're going to reveal, what we hope that they reveal, all these things. I have to say that, unfortunately... I had a Zoom meeting that got scheduled at the same time as the investor call. So I was trying to manage the meeting and watch this investor meeting at the same time, but it didn't look like I really missed much of anything. Uh, I don't know. I, I learned a lot about Paramount Plus and, and how it's going to be 
going done going forward and, and streaming and all this sort of stuff and how big a part Star Trek plays in it. I personally, I did sit down and watch the uh, investors presentation. I really enjoyed it. There's some parts that I kind of, you know, zoned out for. I wasn't really interested in live sports, but you know, I'm, I'm excited that they have that. That's cool. And uh, you know, MTV stuff, not really that huge into, but there was a bit of Star Trek news and I, I appreciated being able to see some of it for sure. Okay. So what was the Star Trek news that you picked up on it? Cause like I said, I had a hard time paying attention. Yeah. Well, the, the big news came actually, I think during the Nickelodeon presentation, and this was broken earlier by Trek core, because I think Viacom sent out probably press information to outlets before the the presentation. But during the Nickelodeon bit, we got to see our first glimpse of the characters in Star Trek Prodigy, uh, which is pretty cool. There was also something earlier, and I still don't know exactly what this was, but it was it was one of the heads of, of one of the, the departments at Viacom CBS giving an introduction to a presentation about something and they said, and television will continue to go where no one has gone before. And then it blacked out for a minute and a half. Well, presumably the investors got to see some sort of trailer or presentation that we didn't get to see. I still have no idea what that was, but I have to assume there is at least a Star Trek component to it. (laughs) Okay. So that point there was not the Nickelodeon presentation that revealed the prodigy characters that came right. sometime later yeah that was much later in the presentation for sure okay got it yeah because like i said it was hard for me to really pay attention i just kept seeing people like standing there talking a lot and i was like what what are they saying what's going because it's hard to listen to the people in my meeting and them at the same time but i did see the whole trek core thing come out with the characters from prodigy and you had sent it to me immediately and you're like look and i was like i didn't see that on the call i've been watching this meeting this presentation i didn't see this you know so let's <laughs> talk about these so we've got these characters and okay first impressions i'll tell you right away when i saw this i was like wait what did dan just send me is this star trek that's not star trek is that star trek that's star wars no (laughs) (laughs) and the more i look at this and the more comments i've heard from people i i look at this i'm like this is unusual looking for star trek it reminds me of star wars meets guardians of the galaxy meets monsters incorporated that's what it looks like. Yeah, my first impression was definitely uh, like, what the heck is this? Uh, and then, you know, now that I've had time to sit with this and kind of look it over and examine little details, I'm really excited about this. You know, this is the first Star Trek series specifically geared towards kids. And these character designs are unlike anything that I would have expected. But there's there's just such a cool little charm and detail to all of these and the fact that it's the first all non-human main cast for a, a star trek show i think that's pretty cool there's not one human scene here we do know of course kate mulgrew will be in this series as captain janeway but this is the main group of characters and not one of them's a human yeah we're not seeing any starfleet uniforms of any type no. or insignias Yeah, definitely not. We do know the premise that it's a group of youth that come upon an abandoned starship and and pilot it on adventures and that kind of thing. But uh, yeah, no Starfleet influence here at all, it looks like. Yeah, it's very odd because usually when we see something new that's Star Trek, we're seeing something familiar. 
at least something like, oh, there's a Vulcan or, oh, that person's wearing a new Starfleet uniform or there's a ship. And this, if you just looked at this and never told anybody it was Star Trek, they wouldn't look at and go, oh, this must be a new Star Trek. I mean, because it looks like this could be anything. Mm-hmm. I showed my wife the picture of this uh, cast of characters and I said, what do you think this is? And her first thought was, is this something Fantastic Four? Oh, wait, that's not the thing. <laughs> she thought the big guy was the thing from Fantastic Four. I showed my 16-year-old daughter this. This was an interesting development. She's not big into Star Trek at all. And she does like the movies from Bad Robot, the J.J. Abrams movies. She did like those, but it's not like something she would watch regularly. She just enjoyed the movies, but she's not into Star Trek. When I showed her this, she looked at it and she said, what is this? I said, it's a new Star Trek series come Nickelodeon. She's like, this is Star Trek? It doesn't look like Star It looks Star Wars to me. I was like, nope, I know, but it's Star Trek. And she just stared at it for the longest time. And she started commenting on each of the aliens. And she was getting very engrossed into it. And then I took my phone away and she goes, wait, bring that back. I want to look at that more. And she kept looking. I was like, okay, this is Nickelodeon aiming at a younger demographic. And it seems to cut the attention of my 16-year-old. Yeah, that's interesting. And really tracks with a lot of what I've been seeing. I mean, the Hageman brothers, who are the the guys behind this, they have a lot of of, of experience in this kind of programming. I mean, they did Troll Hunters, they did Ninjago. They they kind of they know what they're doing. Uh, and also, of course, the praise for this series that we've heard from David Mack. Uh, he recently tweeted, kind of reiterating his thoughts. He said, I've said on many podcasts that I think Prodigy will be one of the key reasons that Star Trek will all outlive us all. 50 years from now, there will be middle-aged Star Trek fans who will say they fell in love with Star Trek because of Prodigy. Prodigy is Star Trek's future. So high praise from David Mack. And yeah, like it really seems to be connecting with young people, which is exactly what it has to do. So that's excellent. So I obviously it's starting to connect with me. The more I look at it, it's connected with you, like you said. So let's talk about these characters. We don't know any details. We don't know names. We don't know their species. But I even saw you put a poll out there. Yep. What was that? <laughs> so the the second character from the left side, we, we got this kind of shot of six different characters and the second one from the left, I think, is the one that looks most like a classic Star Trek species that we've seen before. I'm putting my money on the fact that he's a Talaxian. So if you look really closely, he's got the same uh, hair coming out the top of the head and the mutton chops that Neelix and his fellow male Talaxians have. He's got the spots on his chest and uh, top of his head, just like Neelix. Oh my gosh, you're right. I yeah. didn't even pick up on that. And then the 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 two things that just like really cemented it for me is he's kind of got the scalloped bits on the side of his temples like Neelix does and his nose. Like I looked at a picture of Neelix and compared the nose is exactly the same. The nostrils are the same and there's like a little notch right in the middle. Neelix has that exact same feature. So my money is that he's a Talaxian. Not everyone agrees. Aaron Harvey famously has said that he is absolutely sure that he's a Tellerite. Uh, I I don't see that personally, but he do, he has done comparison photos that calls out some little details. And okay, maybe. 
bottom line, he and I have a bit of a friendly bet going on <laughs> as to whether or not he's a, a Tellarite or a Talaxian. Uh, interestingly enough, in this poll that I did, a lot of people have commented that they think that he's a hybrid of a Talaxian and a Tellarite. So uh, that's a possibility too. So I guess I, I've said that, you know, if it turns out that he's a Tellarite, Aaron Harvey wins. If it turns out that he's a Talaxian, I win. If he's neither, it's a wash and nobody wins. But what if he's both? I guess we both win and have to send each other some money or something or whatever we're, we've decided to put up. <laughs> so, Hmm. I don't know. That's interesting. I, I saw you put the, the poll out there, but then that was the last, I haven't been on social media that much. So I didn't see the results in the comments yet. And I didn't know this conversation you and Aaron Harvey were having friend of the show. And when you were talking through this about the Tellarite, I was like, I think the Talaxian piece sold me but then when you said he said about the tellerite i was like i don't really see it except for maybe the tooth kind of fang thing going on there but then i thought the same thing about oh maybe it's a hybrid and then when you said people were saying that it's like well that's interesting but mm. i'm more sold on the talaxian because yeah. like you said the spots on the chest the nose like the tellerites their eyes are a little more sunk in and the nose doesn't look quite right to be a Tellarite to me, but I can see where Aaron, because my first, I will say this, the first time I looked down, I thought, do, do I know what this is? My first thought was Tellarite. And then I looked down, and I was like, no, no, he doesn't look right to be a Tellarite. Well, interestingly, the poll, the to poll, I should say, on Positively Trek on our Twitter has concluded. So I can give you the final results. So the question asked was, okay, let's see where our followers stand on this. The character pictured in the next tweet in this thread from Star Trek Prodigy, what is he? And I had the full picture of this gentleman here. There are three options. I had Talaxian, Tellarite, or neither. I should have had also both, apparently, because a lot of people replied to that tweet that they thought it was a hybrid. But Talaxian was the winner at 49.5%. 0.5%. This was out of 210 votes. Thought that he was a Talaxian. Neither came second at 31.9%. And then Tellarite at 18.6%. So interesting. That's not a reflection of reality, of course. We don't know. We'll find out at some point. But this is kind of what uh, people have been saying. And I should say that in the tweet, I didn't try to sway things in any direction. I asked the question, as I stated there, I didn't say that I think he's a Talaxian. What do you think? I didn't say anything like that. I just put the question out there. So uh, I want to see the comparison that you said Aaron Harvey did of the Tellarites to him. So is that in that Twitter thread? Yeah, he's got an image that he made up. Uh, the one that is a little bit compelling is that this guy has three fingers on each hand, which mm. uh, Tellarites occasionally have had, not always have had, but in, in sometimes when they've been depicted in Star Trek, they show them as having three digits on each hand. So that's the one piece that I'm like, Hmm, that's interesting. I don't know. I don't know. It's one of these things I keep staring at and I'm thinking more like I, I'm seeing more of the Tellarite. You know, and I'm like, it's almost like I need to turn them around more. I need to see them at different angles. You know, I can't just look at this one flat image. At, you know, I, I just need to see more. It's like I feel about when I saw the ship from uh, Lower Decks, the uh, Cerritos. It's like right. I needed to see it at different angles to really form the opinion. <laughs> 
Interesting. Uh, yeah, the fingers, that kind of sells me on the Tellarite now, too. So ugh, there's so much. Okay. Yeah. I, I personally just can't wait to find out. Like, I'm, you know, either way, I'm totally okay with being wrong on this. So, like, I don't have any kind of, like, I'm not pinning all my hopes on anything. I just want to see, like you said, I want to see him from different angles. I want to see him in action. I want to see this show. I'm really, really curious about this. And I want to see Aaron Harvey be the voice of this character now. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Because <laughs> now I feel like he owns him. It's his. Okay. And <laughs> I'm going to give you this robot character next to him. You can be the voice of that. I can tell you that this robot reminds me of uh, the robot you see in The Force Awakens, Star Wars The Force Awakens, when they're entering Maz Kanada's castle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can picture. I can picture what you're what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah absolutely. It's walking through that. That was my first impression when I saw it. Oh, very cool. I, I like this close look at the at the robotic life form or whatever, because I hadn't really looked closely at him. I was looking at the other characters more, but there's definitely a, a cobbled together feel about him. And like, he's got two different styles of hands, two different feet and different components all over him. He's pretty cool. Looks like he's seen a lot of action. <laughs> yeah. Very curious on that. I think that's where I'm also getting the star Wars vibe because things are put together like that haphazardly that don't match all the time and star trek's a little more clean and pristine and a lot of starfleet things but mm -hmm. now what about these two in the center i like how the the there's always people have a spiky hair that that makes you look pretty cool and especially this one guy it's kind of purplish he looks like he should be skateboarding yeah, I've seen some people compare this character to Ruby Rose and I'm like, "Oh, yeah, I can kind of see that, right? That <laughs> yeah. kind of attitude and and hairstyle going on. Uh one of those archetypes that you can kind of like, I feel like I know what this personality is going to be, you know. Yeah. Uh pretty cool looking for sure. Yeah, just the way he's standing there, yeah, with his arms crossed like, "Yeah, I'm hot shot. Yeah, I'm something cool, man. Yeah, yeah." <laughs> yeah, and somebody pointed out like the Marty McFly self-lacing boot style things the open boots at the bottom like yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. now we, yeah we got a back to the future crossover here <laughs> and now this this other person i i assume this is a woman or a girl because i think they're all pretty young right they're cadets in training is that hair or is that something no i think that's supposed to be hair i mean yeah, and obviously it looks like hair but Again, it's like it could be something a little different that grows out of their heads. Yeah. If you, you look at the more zoomed in picture, it looks hair like, but, you know, maybe, yeah, diff some different kind of material than what, you know, the hair we're used to, I guess. I I'm looking at like the intricate designs on her uh, arm coming down. Yeah. That's interesting. Is that like a metal jewelry thing or I don't know. That's really cool. Yeah. I was wondering that too. It, you can't really see her left arm as well but it doesn't look like it's on but we just may not be able to see it from this angle so. definitely some really really interesting designs and, and really intricate character looks to these people yeah she looks really cool so what about this big guy on the right that my wife <laughs> thought was the thing he reminds me of a plant what am oh. i thinking of there's some plant that's red that has like a flower or something. Oh, like a, it, it's, it's, um, I, I know what you're talking about. It's, uh, oh my goodness. I wish my wife were here because she knows everything about plants. 
It's a type of succulent. I know that. Yes, that's it. You're right. It's a succulent type plant. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I know. I Yeah. Now that you say that, I know exactly. <laughs> well, okay. I'm going to say this character is a succulent person because <laughs> the... the <laughs> I, I was kind of joking with my daughter about this, but I'm also serious. The more I realized it, he's such a big guy or girl. I don't know. I'm going to say he's got probably a guy. I don't know. But he's so big, but his mouth is so small that I bet he has a very innocent little voice. <laughs> I love, yeah, I love the character design. Big, huge, hulking body and these kind of relatively large, deep blue eyes <laughs> that you can kind of like, you know, like the big eyes that are typically associated with cuteness kind of combined with the big Hulk is, is an interesting juxtaposition. And like you said, this little tiny mouth, these little tiny teeth in it, relatively speaking, I, it's a really cool design. I've seen some people online and I don't think this is the case, but people asking, is he a Brycar like Zach Kebron from new frontier and the, the Starfleet Academy books. Uh, I don't think so, but you know, that's kind of a big rock type alien that we've had in Star Trek before, not Canon, but you know, in the wider expanded universe. I don't know. He's a big guy. I just wonder how he's going to get in the shuttlecrafts. I hope they accommodate size, uh, in some of these things. Mm -hmm. So, and then we got this other little guy right there at his feet Looks like some kind of glob slash bird like kind of features <laughs> to it. That's interesting because I had kind of the same thought, like kind of that puffed out chest, like a, a parrot stance yeah. or something. I this is this is my favorite. I really want to get to know this creature. Just this little blob of of like sparkly toothpaste or something. Yeah, I was gonna say it has little sparkles to it. Yeah, and, and just such an innocent, wide, smiling face. I think, I don't know, I'm, I really dig this guy, or, or I dig this person, whatever, whatever they are. Uh, I, I think they're really, really cool looking. Well, now that we said about the sparkling things, but now I'm wondering if they're just reflecting the stars. Oh, that could be. That makes sense, actually, looking at that. Yeah, it looks much like a blob thing. So, of course, my head went to the Orville. The mm -hmm. Norm MacDonald character on there. I think it's a, what, Yapit or something, I think his name is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm very interested. All these are very interesting because they're so different from what mm -hmm. we've ever had on Star Trek. This is, I, I don't I don't know. I, you know, when I, I did briefly go online after this came out, and I thought, oh, my gosh, there's going to be all this hate for it. But from what I saw briefly, it was very positive feedback is what I saw. Yeah, I'm seeing mostly positive. I've seen some negative stuff just from the usual corners here and there, but they're easy to ignore because they've just been saying the same thing for the last however many years about anything Star Trek. So, but uh, yeah, no, the the response from uh, a lot of fans has been really positive, and I'm really excited to see what this might mean for young people in Star Trek. Um, there was a, a tweet by Dan and Kevin Hageman. Uh, because people were asking, like, what about Janeway? Why can't we see Janeway? Where's Janeway? Uh, and they tweeted, I love this. You know, if we showed you Janeway, it'd be the only thing anyone would want to talk about in due time, dot, dot, dot. So more to come. I mean, we're going to see more about this series as it gets closer, including Janeway, including, I'm sure, names for these characters and stuff like that. So I'm so excited to learn more. That is such a good point about holding Janeway back. Because, yeah, the focus would be on Janeway. 
but we all know what Janeway looks like. I mean, come on. We know Janeway. <laughs> we don't need to see her right away. I yeah. uh, Okay, my first impression, though, when I, this first came out was like, I don't know what I think. This is very different. But I'm very open to very different. I like things that are going to be different. And I trust that this is going to feel Star Trek based on things you mentioned that we've heard. So it's going to be a very interesting ride on this series. I'm very interested to see how this plays out and what people uh, walk away with from it. And if it does appeal to that younger demographic, what is really cool to me, I'm very excited about I don't know. I can't speak for you, Dan, since you're in Canada, but here in the States, we know that it will be on Paramount Plus. And you had messaged me that, too. And I wondered, well, is that just the pilot that's going to premiere on Paramount Plus before it airs on Nickelodeon? But from what I'm seeing in this article from Trek Corps, it's the whole season is going to mm-hmm. be on Paramount Plus. Yep. First run for Star Trek Prodigy will be on Paramount Plus and then later will be on Nickelodeon. So uh, kind of the flip of what we were expecting, which is pretty interesting. Well, that I'm just thrilled about that. So at least I know I'll see it on Paramount Plus. I hope we find out soon where you'll see it in Canada and where we'll see it in other places of the world. And But I'm sure everybody will have access to it. And I hope there's no delays. Where, you know, like we've had with Lower Decks, where some people had to wait months after others who were getting it. Yeah, hopefully we don't see a repeat of that. Absolutely. So we did get confirmation, of course. We're getting Prodigy this year. They said later this year. We also got confirmation that we are getting the second season of Lower Decks in 2021. And also, if I remember correctly, I heard we're getting season four of Discovery this year. Yeah, this was a nice surprise. And, you know, we were kind of expecting like, oh, any live action Star Trek is going to be pushed until 2022 because of delays of filming and all that sort of stuff. But of course, Discovery has been filming since last November, I think. And it looks like their plan is to get season four out in 2021. I'm so excited about that. This was really, really welcome news. So that tells me that... We're getting Picard season two in 2022 and mm-hmm. Strange New Worlds in 22. That's my guess. I think those two will both premiere in 2022 as well. Uh, because looking at the timelines again, both of those started filming this month in February. I should say last month. This episode is going to come out in March. So, uh, but yeah, so we should see those on track for next year, which I'm really excited about as well. And then after this investor presentation, we got some word about the Section 31 series with Michelle Yeoh. And what we're hearing here from uh, Kurtzman and McNamara is that we're not getting the show until after Discovery finishes its run. Not its season four run, but its series run. Is that correct? Well, not necessarily Star Trek Discovery, Uh, It sounds like what they're saying is any new Star Trek series besides the five that are currently in production, they would hold until one of those five has finished its run. So I I don't know that specifically that would have to be Star Trek Discovery. Uh, Okay. That could be, I, my money would personally be on Star Trek Picard. We did hear early on that they kind of have a three season plan for it. Uh, with nothing really planned beyond that, that may change. I mean, you know, if season two and three of Picard turn out to be huge, massive hits, maybe they'll go longer. But I think that's going to be a limited run series. I think that's going to be the first one to uh, stop airing. 
I can see that because we've gotten indications that Discovery, they want to keep that on for quite a while, right? I mean, we haven't been given an end date to that, but all indications I've heard is they want to play this out for several more seasons. At um, least five seasons is what I've least. heard. Yeah. Which, you know, maybe after that, that, that would mean Discovery and Picard would end around the same time, probably. But, you know, it could go longer because, yeah, like you said, I haven't heard any indication that uh, they're wanting to end it anytime soon. So I'm going to say it almost seems safe to say that we're probably not going to get six, Section 31 in 22. It's probably 23 at the earliest. That would be a safe bet, I'd say. Uh, definitely not next year. They're not in production at all or anything like that. So, uh, 2023 at the earliest. And I feel like that might be a bit optimistic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Unfortunately, I, oh gosh, I don't know if I want to wait that long. Uh, Cause you know, I keep thinking things could happen, you know, where all of a sudden now the series isn't happening because of whatever reasons. I mean, it could be budget cuts. It could be that they don't want so many Star Trek series going and they've committed to another one and section 31 gets pushed off longer and, or Michelle Yeoh's not available anymore. Like there's so many things that can mm-hmm. happen between now and then, but I'm going to tell you if it doesn't happen, I'll be very disappointed, but if it doesn't happen, I need answers as to what happened to Georgia when she went through the portal, you know, here, she, here. <laughs> I mean, I got to know those answers. Absolutely. I feel like Section 31's already kind of been a bit of a victim of that. I feel like it would have been part of these five series if it weren't for the fan outcry for a Pike series. I feel like, and I could be wrong, I feel like Section 31 was the next one up and then they realized, ooh, we've got to cash in on Strange New Worlds because people really want this. And I feel like it kind of got shuffled around a little bit and moved up to the front and that pushed section 31 down the line a little bit. That's just my impression. I don't know how true that is, but that's my guess. Yeah, I can see that for sure. That's probably true. But, you know, now I'm thinking if for some reason, let's say we get into 2022, 23 and they're seeing, Oh, I don't think this section 31 show is going to happen. They could bring Michelle Yeoh back to Strange New Worlds as she traveled back in time to the time of Pike. And then maybe she's on several episodes of that and we get some answers about her fate. Yeah, there's there's many different ways they could go with that for sure. If things change, it's open-ended enough that I think they can uh, do lots of different things with it. Oh, well, uh you know, I'm, it's so stupid that I'm sitting here like, oh, I'm like, oh, I'm worried about Section 31, but we've got five new series going on. Like, what am I worried about? <laughs> we got plenty of Star Trek. <laughs> That's the funny thing. I've seen people online saying like, oh, man, Section 31's not happening. That's That's right now. That's so sad. There are, yeah, like you said, five Star Trek series in production right now that will be coming soon. You know, and, and I've seen some people saying like, I think sarcastically, like, oh, Star Trek can't support a sixth series on at the same time. Man, the franchise is failing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming they're being sarcastic because, yeah, five series. That's pretty incredible. Well, at the same time, it's kind of funny because you think, wow, five series. We're getting like a lot of Star Trek, but yet we're sitting here with no new Star Trek going on 
right now premiering like we're, we're like maybe later this year we'll get new star trek but at some point it'll probably get to a point that as soon as we're done with one new star trek we're on to the next new star trek and then on to the next and that and it just keeps going which i welcome with open arms Bring absolutely on. i mean there's going to be three star trek series this year that's only the second time that's ever happened and the first time was last year like <laughs> that's crazy you know, if you would have told me this, you know, 10 years ago, I would have a hard time believing that. You know, mm-hmm. if you said to me, oh, you know, in the future, there's going to be a time where there's like three Star Trek series going on in one year. And eventually there'll be five series all being production at the same. I'd be like, I don't think that would ever happen. <laughs> what dream world are you living in? That's crazy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, think about it. we're talking five series. It's like we we've just doubled the ana- the amount of Star Trek series within like just a two year period. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited for all of it. And not only that, we're still getting novels. There was a time just a few years ago where there wasn't a contract renewal with Simon Schuster. And we're looking at each other going, are we even going to get any new Star Trek novels anymore? There's this period of time there was no new Star Trek novels. And now we're back to getting novels again the last couple of years. And not only that, but as we mentioned on the previous shows, we're getting, starting in May, a novel every month this year from May to December. And we've got more information on that because we have a new Star Trek Picard novel about Rios that takes place in his time after he left Starfleet. And I'm so pumped for this because I love this character and I've been wanting to know since the day we saw him on screen what was it like when he was in Starfleet? What did he do after that? Yeah, I'm really excited about this as well. Uh, and it's by John Jackson Miller, one of my favorite authors. He's he's very quickly become an excellent Star Trek author after uh, having already been an excellent Star Wars author. So uh, yeah, really, really excited about this one. And we got a little synopsis, the official synopsis. And Dan loves to read these. So I'm, I do. I really do. <laughs> I'm turning it over to you, dude. Let's do it. <laughs> Starfleet was everything for Cristobal Rios until one horrible, inexplicable day when it all went wrong. Aimless and adrift, he grasps at a chance for a future as an independent freighter captain in an area betrayed by the Federation, the border region with the former Romulan Empire. His greatest desire to be left alone. But solitude isn't in the cards for the captain of La Serena, who falls into debt to a roving gang of hoodlums from a planet whose society is based on Prohibition-era Earth. Teamed against his will with Ledger, his conniving overseer, Rios begins an odyssey that brings him into conflict with outlaws and fortune seekers, with power brokers and relic hunters across the stars. Exotic loves and locales await, as well as dangers galore, and Rios learns the hard way that good crew members are hard to find, even when you can create your own. And while his meeting with Jean-Luc Picard is years away, Rios finds himself drawing on the Starfleet legend's experiences when he discovers a mystery that began on one of the galaxy's most important days. Whoa, I'm... I'm really pumped for this. <laughs> I so am weird. too. There is so much in this synopsis and it's funny because I've been uh, sharing this news everywhere, but I haven't like sat down and read through that synopsis. And now I'm like e- even more excited than I was before. <laughs> like a gang of hoodlums from a planet whose society is based on prohibition era earth. Are we seeing Sigma Aosha two again? Right. <laughs> Post 
a piece of the action? <laughs> Possibly. I mean, why not? It could be. Yeah, I had the same thought. It definitely could be, or it may not be. I, you know, I'm sorry to relate things to Star Wars, but again, this kind of reminds me of like what I would read for a Han Solo novel or something. Totally. You know? And it makes me excited because I always love that character. But yeah, I'm so interested to learn more about Rios and just look at the cover. I oh, mean, I love the cover. I love it. <laughs> Rogue Elements. We didn't mention that. That's the name of the title. Yeah. You know, what's funny is the cover and I know it's just like a coincidence, but like at first glance, the, the corridors, the, the background behind him of La Serena on the left and right, it looks like TARDIS. Like it looks like a Doctor Who TARDIS. Just oh yeah. It looks like the windows and the blue color, but uh, that's just a coincidence. Basically. But every time I glance at it, I'm like, what? what? Oh, right. No. <laughs> Now, I can't unsee that now. I'm seeing Doctor Who in this. <laughs> I share my pain. Excellent. <laughs> but that's okay. I'm okay with seeing Doctor Who. I love Doctor Who. That's so awesome. Uh, so, okay. August. It's coming out August 17th of this year. So you can pre-order it right now. It's on Amazon. Hardcover. Here in the States, it's $25. You can get the Kindle version for $16.62. And so I'll definitely be reading that and we'll definitely have john on the show well we haven't asked him yet but he he usually says yes he always says yes so he'll he'll come on and talk about the novel with it and if he doesn't i'll remind him again that you know he's one of my favorite star wars authors authors and becoming one of my favorite star trek ones and that's when he blushes and says okay i'll come on and then he and i talk about brady bunch and 60 sitcoms and stuff so anyway that will happen and we got some more news, book news, about that trilogy that we were speculating that was coming out in September, October, and November. And we thought, what could this trilogy be about? It's got to be about what, you know, wrapping up this Trek Litverse timeline that we've gotten for the last, you know, two decades that takes place in the 24th century. And now it's been confirmed. And that trilogy is called CODA. Absolutely. I'm so excited about this. Oh my gosh. Uh, so yeah, like you said, September, October, November, it's a trilogy, a book coming out each of those months. Uh, book one by Dayton Ward, book two by James Swallow, and book three by David Mack. So, you know, heavy hitters in the Star Trek litverse. I'm so excited for this. Yes. And I know they're getting inundated with questions. They say they can't give any details. Of course not. This is all a secret. You know, you don't want to know anything until the books come out anyway. You want everything to be a surprise. So and we got, uh, did we get the titles of the books? Yeah. So book one, September 28th is called Moments Asunder. Like I said, that one's by Dayton Ward. Uh, book two, October 12th, The Ashes of Tomorrow by James Swallow. And November 30th, wrapping it all up is Oblivion's Gate by David Mack. So Interesting titles, you know, not telling us a ton there, but, you know, some good, interesting uh, Star trek type titles. Yeah, and I saw that Dayton mentioned on Facebook that the approach to this is similar to what they did with the Vanguard and Seeker series. So each author is going to, sounds like they have their own stories. It's not necessarily one big story divided into three parts. That These are standalone stories that play off each other into a trilogy. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of The Fall a little bit as well. Mm -hmm. You know, just each a, a different story. Or also um, the Legacies trilogy, I think, was another recent one that we might look to for 
some sort of clue as to how this will go. I'm so excited. Like I said, we're getting a novel every month. We got that big series coming out. We have a new DS9 novel coming out in December. That will wrap up the whole year. Ah, so excited. There was also an original series novel listed for June that I don't know if we've mentioned. Isn't uh, that Christopher L. Bennett's? Yeah, Living Memory by Christopher L. Bennett. Uh, Looking forward to that one. That's... So yeah, May, we've got the Discovery novel by Una McCormick, and then June, original series by Christopher L. Bennett taking place in the movie era, which is exciting. And yep. uh, then books, like you said, every month through the end of the year. July, we have that uh, TNG book. By... Yeah, Shadows Have Offended, newcomer Cassandra Rose Clark. Right, yeah. So yeah, oh my gosh, look, we got a lot to cover. Hey, you know, we have the book club episodes here on Positively Trek, so we're going to be busy this year. I mean, we're busy all the time, even when there's no new books, but we're definitely going to be busy going through each and every one of these new books. So please join us for that. Please read along with us or listen to the audiobooks. Uh, that's just as good. And speaking of audiobooks, we are getting a new audiobook, not a fiction Star Trek novel, but an audiobook from Nicholas Meyer from his previously released book called A View from the Bridge about his time directing Star Trek, The Wrath of Khan, and Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, and also writing for The Voyage Home. But I never read this book, uh, so I'm planning to listen to the audiobook. Nice. Yeah, I, I remember when this book came out a few years ago. Uh, man, over a decade ago now. I can't believe that. But uh, I, I was interested in checking this book out. I've heard, uh, I've, I've seen like excerpts from it and, and things that have been revealed in it. But yeah, this is one I'd be really interested about. Nicholas Meyer, of course, a very important name in Star Trek who did a lot to kind of bring it forward and had a fairly recent involvement in Star Trek as well with his uh, part that he played in, in, in bringing discovery season one to the screens. It's kind of not been around since then. I'm curious. And this has really nothing to do with the book. Of course, we had the tease that there was a SETI alpha five mini series that he was involved in that kind of seems to have fizzled out. So uh, he would be an interesting one to talk to, but as far as this book goes, I'd love to check it out. It's released on the day this podcast drops March 2nd. So uh, it's out there now. So this would definitely be a great one to check out. I wonder we could do a book club episode about it now that I think about it. Yeah, actually we could. Uh, if you guys are interested in us doing that, let us know. Uh, we'll, we'll discuss that. I plan to get this. I do have audible a monthly subscription. I have several credits that I haven't used and I was just about to use them all up and then cancel my subscription for a while because I have so many credits, they're just adding up. And I was like, oh, but I don't want to close out the account yet because if something new comes out, well, here we go. This is definitely one I'm going to use my credits on. So yeah, 11 hours unabridged audiobook of The View from the Bridge from Nicholas Meyer. So I think it's definitely worth checking out if you haven't read the book already. But uh, is, is he, he's narrating it, right? Yeah, Nicholas Meyer himself uh, is narrating it. Uh, that's, that's great. I love when the author is the one, like there's some great voice talent out there, but I do love when the author does it because they know exactly how they intended this story to be told. I, I always feel that just adds another layer of authenticity. Yeah. Especially when it's, it's written in their voice. It's them 
talking about their experiences, you know. Yeah. I'm yeah, I'm very interested in this. So, I mean, we've we had a lot to cover today. This is great. Yeah, it's always wonderful when we have this much news, especially when like you said, there's nothing airing at the moment, but there's all of this. It's it's like the Star Trek universe is filled with potential energy right now. None of this stuff has been released, but it's just like a coiled spring waiting to be released. So, you know, all these little tidbits of news just in anticipation of getting new Star Trek on our screens. Oh, I can't wait to get a date for Prodigy. Sorry. <laughs> I know. I was disappointed we didn't get a date yet. We still don't have the date. I really thought that was the one thing we were definitely going to get was a date for Prodigy. And still yeah, didn't happen. I thought so too. I, I assume that's coming soon. Uh, we, we, of course, have the Paramount Plus launch early in March. So uh, that's still in the future at the time of recording this podcast. So Maybe there'll be some announcements then. I don't know. Maybe there'll be like a screen on there for Star Trek Prodigy that'll say coming whatever date. I don't know. But I, I really am excited to find out. And, you know, no short tracks. You know, it doesn't no sound like tracks, we're getting no. those. That's disappointing. Yeah, nothing, nothing yet. I'm always holding out hope. You never know. And Alex Kurtzman still is making that comment that there's still an unannounced Star Trek project. Mm-hmm. So, but again, I mean, it that's not coming like, this year, but yeah, again, it sounds like they're holding off on everything until something's yeah. run its course, but there are plans there, you know, there are things ready to kind of jump in and take the place of anything that they decide has wrapped up its story or whatever. Uh, I'm sure all of the naysayers on certain parts of YouTube and stuff will say, Oh, it's canceled. It's a failure. But I think at this point, any of the series that end will gen- genuinely be like, we've run its course and decided we've wanted to move on. Not like, Oh, we've we're unexpectedly canceled or something like that. Yeah. They're, it's like, these are playing out like novels. You know, I look at each season of discovery as a novel. So this next season will be the fourth novel of discovery, but I'm not expecting that we're going to have like 15 discovery novels. You know, it's like, <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with it running its course. If it's five or six seasons, whatever. And then, but we're going to get something else after that i just i like the idea of getting some you know a few seasons of something and then moving on to the next it just expands that universe even more and i mean even the book that we're reading for our next book club which is our next episode is based on star trek online and it's called the needs of the many and that's fun because it's a different take of what happened after nemesis in the star trek universe and i find that very interesting to read yeah Definitely. I I have had that book on my shelf for ages and just because of this, I'm finally getting to it. And yeah, it's definitely interesting. So how far uh, along are you in it? I'm actually like halfway through the uh, road to 2309 or or whatever. Oh, so So, you're almost done. Yeah, I'm right at the end. Yeah. Wow. It's so funny. I was halfway through that and I just finished it up this morning. (laughs) <laughs> oh, nice. Or yeah, I almost night. did. Uh, but then I was like, oh, I got to get ready and start recording. So, <laughs> yeah. So, well, thanks everyone for joining us. We appreciate your loyalty to the show and to our patrons that uh, devote some of their money into our Patreon page on patreon.com. You can find Positively Trek there if you'd like to donate. We have little perks. I guess we're starting those this month. 
Yeah. So in our next episode will be the first time uh, those come active. That's, we're kind of in a weird thing here. March 1st is kind of when all of those start up, but we're recording this episode back in February. So that's not quite finalized yet. But uh, yeah, in our next episode, we'll start having the perks and uh, thank you all so much for your support. Really, truly do appreciate it. Patreon.com slash Positively Trek if you want to help out the podcast. Uh, We'd really, really appreciate that. But of course, if that's not in the cards for you, that's totally fine. We're happy to have you just listen to us every week. Yeah, I think just listening to the show is a perk. So, (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, Dan, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Kurtrats. That's K-E-R-T-R-A-T-A. S. And if you're tired of me just spelling that out every week, it's Star Trek backwards. Uh, you can follow me on YouTube. I'm at youtube.com slash Productions. And of course, my favorite place to hang out right now online is the Positively Trek discussion group on Facebook. Uh, it's our listeners group for this show. And we love that community there and really hope that you will uh, join us there. Absolutely. And you can find me in that group, but also on Twitter at Admiral underscore Rex. I'm on Instagram at Admiral Rex, no underscore. And uh, I was on a recent episode of the Star Wars report, and we were taking a look back at Star Wars The Clone Wars. So you may want to check that out if you're interested in a look back at that series. So thank you, everyone, for joining us. We'll see you next time here on Positively Trek. But in the meantime, stay positive. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.